Welcome back to Basketball is Religion. I am your host, Big Matt, joined today by the Gons. In today's episode, we'll be discussing John Morant's suspension, the Sacramento Kings finally having a winning record, Anthony Davis sitting out of the last Lakers game, Kyrie Irving not being pursued by the Lakers this upcoming offseason, and if Nikola Jokic and the Nuggets have the most pressure to win the championship this season. Gons, how have you been? I am exhausted, man. I went out with some of our friends. Um, I had a long work day yesterday. I was working from like 7 a.m. to like pretty much 2 a.m. Because I was with some friends, but they're actually technically customers. So um, it was just a long night. Uh, how have you been? I was uh, watching March Madness, I think, on my phone, hanging out with the family. Um have to get my tires um, replaced, so that'll be I'll be doing that. Um, but overall, I'm just also feeling under the weather, which kind of sucks. But you know, um, you, you you get through it, and you know it's how it is. John Morant had a discussion with NBA Commissioner Adam Silver, and after a quick counseling program in Florida, he was officially suspended eight games by the league. Jaw had a sit down interview with Jalen Rose of ESPN and said the gun wasn't his and he does not condone any type of violence. Is this suspension enough for his behavior? Obviously, uh, this isn't a prime example of how if the NBA likes you, um, they're going to have your back. Honestly, like John Moran's a marketing, he's money. That's what the NBA sees. So they're going to protect him at all costs, right? He's that good that it doesn't matter. He could come out and say it's not his gun. He can essentially do what he wants. As long as he agrees um, and says what the NBA PR wants him to say, which is what he did, um, he's going to be fine. It was a PR save move, absolutely. And um, fortunate fortunate for him, he's good enough to do that. So um, he's on thin ice here. Uh, anything else, and the NBA can only protect him so much. You know what I mean? He was on, like, he's he's currently on his way, but he kind of just took a step back of him being on his way. He had that Powerade commercial that was coming out the day of all that um, gun stuff came out. He had, uh, you had a new shoe coming out as well, too, the new Jaws that dropped. So you're right. He's going to be the new face of the NBA, so he's going to have some leniency. Like, I always think about this, that what happened 13 years ago with uh, Gilbert Arenas. Him and Javaris Crittenton had a, a gambling, um, like a debt payment because of gambling. And apparently um, Javaris Crittenton pulled some guns out on, on Gilbert Arenas and Gilbert Arenas uh, pulled out some guns on uh, Javaris Crittenton as well. Details on that, go look that up yourself. But generally that that's what happened. And they suspended Crittenton and um, a Gilbert Arenas. You know, it was... I think it was end or mid January, and they suspended him the rest of the season, so roughly fifty games. Um, Gilbert Gilbert Arena, since he does have his own podcast, kind of went on, had his thoughts on John Morant and with based off what happened to him. So, do you see any parallel gons with what happened with with uh, Gilbert Arenas? Because if you remember Gilbert Arenas in those early two thousands, that guy was legitimate. Like he was doing really well, and then you know this might have derailed him. Do you see any parallel there? Um, with uh, also with uh, Gilbert Arenas' thoughts on this John Moran I mean, situation. I think well, his name was Hibachi. Hibachi. He was good. I remember him. I liked him a lot. I just, I think he was a little bit older 
in his career. And I think he'd been trouble for the NBA. So they couldn't, they, it, it wasn't the same situation essentially because like you said, there's a shoe coming out. There's a commercial coming out. This is, helps the NBA so much. And I wouldn't, I mean, Gilbert Arenas was good, but was he, was he like, um, I don't know. Is he what John Moran is? John Moran is arguably the most dynamic guard in the NBA, like right now, in terms of being dynamic, jumping over people. <laughs> um, I don't know that. I, I don't think it's exactly the same. I, I think the NBA, I think the NBA has to protect Morant here. I think in Arena situation, again, he had already been having some trouble. You know, he was mocking fans. Um, making bets. He was just, he was kind of a nightmare in his career for, for the Wizards. So I think it's a little different. Um, do I think if Arenas, uh, I was going to say, do I think if Arenas was a little bit better, but Arenas was good. We forget. I think he was, he averaged like 20 points, if I'm correct, right? Yeah, I, I saw this TikTok that Gilbert Arenas was the best player out of Arizona. Coming at the University of Arizona, I was thinking about like Mike Bibby, Laurie Markinen. Like, I, I'm not sure how much you follow college hoops as well, but yeah, he was legitimate. Agent Zero, uh, Hibachi. I remember he took down Kobe once, and you know, with with the Wizards. So yeah, Gilbert Arenas was that guy. He was him. But he wasn't late, okay. Late he wasn't 2000s. like a, every so often you get a player that's just I don't I want to use a different word than dynamic, but like. Evolutionary, like a Steph Curry, right? He's evolutionary. John Morant is evolutionary. I think that's the difference. Didn't we see this type of John Morant, like going to the rim and just bulldozing his way? Haven't we seen that before with like a Derrick Rose or a Dwayne Wade? And I think you've made a comment before, like players that play that way, just their the careers don't last very long because they play so dangerously around the hoop they're just kind of going in there you know he's he's developed his three somewhat so do you think he's uh, think he's still evolutionary given that we've kind of seen him a little bit before like or do you think he's evolving his own game to be one of the top no i mean it's exactly what i said before he's going to be evolutionary just like derrick rose was um and in an essence Dwayne wade but only for a time only for a short time the only other player that um now he can get off this path if he goes the Dame route. Dame was like Dame was this way when he was young. Dame drove it to the hole, to contact, um, athletic moves in the air, and then he he changed his game to where he's became a lethal shooter. So now he has both. So John Moran has a lot more work to do on his shot to get to where he can have a really long career like Dame Lillard. Otherwise, it's going to be short lived by injury. Um, so he's going to have to learn to adjust his game sooner than later. Right now, sure, it's all flowers. Fun watching him dunk over people. But come on. <laughs> Your knees can only take so much, man. All right. Well, this will also transition to our next topic, too. But uh, all NBA teams, you know, since it's towards the end of the season, MVP, all NBA discussions have been happening uh, throughout NBA media. Um, we're looking at the top two guards in the NBA currently. You may be looking at Luka Doncic, you know, kind of shoe in for that one of the top all NBA positions. But you're looking at the second one for a while. It was John Morant. The The Grizzlies were top two in the West. He was killing it. But, you know, we have De'Aaron Fox coming up. 
at his heels. So currently in the Gonzes All NBA rankings as top two guards in the league, it's Luca and Fox or Luca and Morant. I mean, you could also throw in SGA if you want to too. So it doesn't necessarily have to be those those three, unless you don't even think it's Luca. Who are your top two guards of the season? I like SGA. I think he's very underrated. I like what he's done for that team. Um, they're they're much better than anyone would have thought. So I like SGA. Luca's been disappointing this season, Matt. He's had his ups and his downs. Um, I know injury played a role into it. Came in out of shape again. A very fun, dynamic player, but do I think he's all NBA? I don't know. I don't think so. Morant, I would say definitely he is. Um, if you take away everything that's happened, like I've, I'll watch a Morant game because, like I said, like this guy is just going to jump over somebody or take over the game, put up for 30 points in a quarter. He's an offensive machine. So I would say uh, I like Morant and SGA, um, but I also like Buddy Yield. So all three of those, I don't see Luca. I just I, I'm tired of people winning stuff because of their name. Um, I I get it. Luca's amazing, right? But this season wasn't an amazing season. So I hope he doesn't get all all um you know first team NBA. So no love for De'Aaron Fox for the Kings. No, that's why I didn't mean Buddy. Uh, De'Aaron. Yeah, okay, I so met De'Aaron. So De- so you take. So you 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 take SGA and Morant with kind of Darren Fox exactly. being in the yes. second team. Okay, all right. With the talk of Darren Fox, let's move on to our next topic. The Sacramento Kings clinched their first winning record since 2006 when they beat the Brooklyn Nets in Brooklyn on Thursday night. Um, Fox took a step up and leads the league in clutch scoring. Uh, Demontis Sabonis might be the third best center in the league. And Malik Monk, Malik Monk has just been a sniper from three. As we saw that last season with the Lakers, he just stepped up um, with the Kings as being um, Fox's running mate and the backcourt. What are your thoughts on this current uh, Kings team? They're fun to watch. I watched a game the other day. Um, I think it was the Bucks and Kings. Um, again, uh, I, Malik pass, right? You put on games and... For me, I, I, having a kid, I only get certain time, whatever game's on and on. And I was actually very entertained. Um, Sabonis is just a killer, man. I think he was going at, it wasn't the Bucks they were playing, but he was going up against another big, and he just handled him. And this big was a bigger big. Um, but his his footwork, it's, it's pretty phenomenal. Uh, and I don't know if you got that from his dad. I imagine so because he, uh, you know, Arvidas Sabonis was G. Uh, Sabonis is a great player, and then you have Darren Fox, and and you still and you still got Harrison Barnes that could do a thing or two. I like the team a lot. This is the most fun team I've seen since like White Chocolate. It's a good thing you bring up White Chocolate because. He was part of the early 2000s Kings teams. Um, before we get to those, you know, they, they had the first winning record since 2006 and the last time they made the playoffs. That team had Ron Artest, Mike Bibby, Brad Miller, Sharif Abdurrahim, Peja Stojakovic, and they lost in the first round to the Spurs. And they haven't had a winning, winning record or been back to the playoffs since. Those, those streaks will be broken this season. So congratulations to the Kings. 
Um, as you brought up White Chocolate, they were a foil for the Lakers in the early 2000s. The Shaq and Kobe three-peat Lakers, they almost took them down in 2002. And I say almost because the Lakers did beat them in Game 7. What are your thoughts on those early 2000s Kings? You had Jason Williams, you had White Chocolate, um, which transitioned to Mike Bibby, uh, Bobby Jackson, uh, Chris Chris Webber, Peja Stoyakovich, Vlade Divac. Uh, Scott Pollard, those Kings teams. What are your thoughts on those Kings teams? From the I mean, I, they were on team, but nobody compares to Jason Williams. Um, I know Mike B came along. You know, he's a he's a he's a strong point guard. He's decent, but the stuff Jason Williams did, if you watch his highlights, the passes he made, I still haven't seen that to this day. I haven't. I haven't seen someone go around the back. Or someone off the elbow back to you. Well, maybe one or two players do it now because they watched him do it. But who'd ever done that? I've never seen it. Um, it's man, he's a. There, there was a player before, an older player. Who did, was it? Bob McAdoo or who? No, no. Who am I thinking of? Is it Pete? Man, no. Pete Maravich. Was it Pete Maravich? Pistol Pete that did that kind of stuff. Oh yeah, he, yeah, definitely. So since 100%. Pistol Pete, he was modern day Pistol Pete Maravich. Um, but man, I and then there was one game that where I watched him play, and the dude hit five three pointers in a row, and just crazy three pointers. Because you remember his three pointers; they weren't like traditional three pointers. They were I'm gonna run full speed across the court and just jack it up. I know I'd never seen that before. It's always been get your feet set, shoot. Um, it was, I don't know. It was, he was, he's one of my favorite players. I, I don't think there's anything like him in regard to the other Kings. I mean, I think Peja was one of the greatest shooters I've ever seen. Um, that guy was knocked down. Yeah. You had Chris Weber too. lot. Vlade Divac, the old Lakers who, the, who, the, who, uh, Kobe Bryant was traded, traded for, uh, with the Charlotte Hornets to end up with the Kings. Later on. So, yeah, those early 2000s Kings were crazy. A lot of people said they should have beaten the 2002 Lakers and yeah, should have. That didn't happen. But, yeah, Jason Williams, um, he, and he, yes, he was really exciting. Um, shout out to my friend Brenton, who in the backyard of his house, we used to do that play where um, it was against GP3 where um, Jason Williams would, bounce, would, would have passed the ball in between his legs behind his uh, – he, he kind of nutmegged himself uh, to, to a cutting – uh, Chris Webber for a dunk. That was one of our, fav- our favorite plays to reenact in the backyard um, with, with Jason Williams and, and Chris Webber. But yeah, those early 2000s teams were great. Uh, as Laker fans, you couldn't really appreciate them because, you know, they were our, they were the rivals. But, you know, they were great teams in hindsight. So it's good to see the Kings back. Getting really fun. Um, glad, just like the Knicks, as we, as we mentioned last podcast, it's good to see the Kings back. Let's move on to our next topic. We'll get into Lakerland a little bit here. Anthony Davis was held out the last Lakers game, which was a loss to the last or to one of the worst teams in the league, the Houston Rockets. Davis is still recovering from his foot injury, and the medical staff did not want to play him in a back-to-back situation. What are your thoughts on not playing him last game? You figured this would have been an easy win for the Lakers had he played, but no, they rested him, and Lakers didn't have size. They got out-rebounded by Alfre Shangun and got and lost by, I think it was three to the Rockets. Four, 114, 110. Uh, there you go, by four. We bet on this game, lost it. I can't believe they lost to the Rockets. What are your thoughts on that game and sitting out 
uh, Anthony Davis. Um, I think it's ridiculous because he's recovered. He's back. He's back from his injury and playing. So the basis of you sitting him is what? That he's recovered and he's good enough to play, but he's not good enough to play? And the logic in it boggles my mind. The same thing with like, I, I, if you're that worried about a player playing back-to-back games because you're worried he's going to injure something else because he's injury-prone, he doesn't belong on your team. Um, and, and I think that's what you get with Anthony Davis. So I think, man, I just, I don't know. I'll, after watching Kobe and having like, Ice packs all over his body, right? Playing just so fans can watch him. Are you, are you kidding me? Like you guys are fighting for a playoff spot, and you're not going to play a back to back against the Rockets. Uh, it's like it was too overconfident. Look, they, they thought they would be able to beat the Rockets without Anthony Davis. Like you can't have that sort of mentality. I can't reiterate what you said enough. You can't have that sort of mentality. Uh, just, and you're fighting for your life. You're fighting for a playoff spot. You're playing. You're, you're fighting to maybe even get to six. I know you're looking to maybe get in the play-in, but if you get to sixth place, then you don't have to worry about that play-in. You just have to play the third seed, who might be the Sacramento Kings or the Memphis Grizzlies, who the Lakers I think would be favored against either of those, those two teams. So you're fighting for your life. You're fighting for your playoff spot. You shouldn't have Anthony Davis, you know, re- resting back. I know there's a medical reasons about you know pushing him too hard, but it's. It's only 12 games left. There's 12 games left. If he can't make it through those 12 games, then the Lakers don't deserve to win a championship. That's plain. That's just how it is. So I, I, I'm i with you. I didn't agree with it. I saw the reasons why. I still don't agree with it. But we move on. The Lakers end up playing on Friday the uh, the Dallas Mavericks without Luka Doncic, but they'll still have to contend with Kyrie Irving. Um, there's also reports that LeBron might not be back. And, you know, as he said, it was three weeks. I think it was like two weeks ago. Um, it's more of a reevaluation, so we'll see if LeBron can get back. We'll see how the Lakers are going to do. Um, staying in Laker country, um, Joe Von Buha, Lakers beat writer for The Athletic, reported that the Lakers are not looking to pursue Kyrie Irving this offseason, and there is very strong interest in resigning D'Angelo Russell. Would you rather the Lakers resign Russell, Beasley, and Vanderbilt or try to go after Kyrie this offseason? Look, I like... I like our current squad, but rewind to D'Lo's last contract year. Phenomenal. Got that money. Took a big downhill slide. What what makes us think that that won't happen again? Um, He was playing at a high level, and then he got paid, and he struggled, and he was making a lot of money. now he's playing well again. Why are you going to take another chance on him? I don't know. If he stays at this level, yes, of course I'm going to keep my guys. But playing devil's advocate, track history isn't so good. So, yes, if he stays at this level, and I would love to keep our guys. I like this team. But is he? But then at the, at the, at, if you go on the other side, like what are the chances Kyrie's going to get hurt? So there's, I guess, cons with both situations. What would if if the Gons was the GM of the Lakers? What would you do? What would your focus be on? 
I'm just really salty right now because Anthony Davis. Um, I would move Anthony Davis and get someone. You need a real star that could like handle the team. It shouldn't be LeBron's responsibility at this point. And I think a D'Lo is like a number three, like a good number three, um, or it could be a number two when your number two is out. Like I, I still think they're missing their star. Uh, but if I, if this was my choice, um. Because I don't trust, and it's just the whole Anthony Davis situation. Kyrie can be a number, a number one, I believe, uh, with the LeBron being a number two. So I would, um, and then you'll have Davis still, right? So I would go for Kyrie. Interesting. I mean, we kind of I, I hate to be cop out and say, "Oh, let's wait till the after the season to determine if." No, I mean, I would kind of differ from you currently, only slightly, just because we've seen the Kyrie Irving experience within Brooklyn, all the trouble he caused there. He's been a you know okay with with, with the with the Mavs. The record wise doesn't show up, but as far as attitude wise, he's been fine this third, well, at least with the Cavs. But with the Kyrie experience, I don't know. Let's move on. Our final topic today. Um, Joel Embiid is now the betting favorite to win the NBA Most Valuable Player. The media, ha- the media has come after Jokic in the past uh, few weeks uh, because he has a fully squad this se- because he has a fully healthy squad this season, and he's won back to back MVPs. Do you think that Nikola Jokic has the most pressure out of everyone in the league to win the championship this season? I think there's a lot of yes, and it's not just him. It's the way their team is playing right now is probably the best it's gonna play since Jamal Jamal Murray is almost back to what Jamal Murray was. If you remember a couple years ago, he was balling in the playoffs. Um with that and the other pieces, I think now's your time to strike because there's no there's no certainty in the West, Matt. You don't know who's going to win. Like, there's no certainty. So this should be yours. Go out and get it. If you wait a year or two and teams get better and pick up free agents or the chemistry gets better, you're going to lose your window. Um, so I definitely think it's do or die for Denver. They have to win. This is their best chance. Like, with KD getting hurt, um, with LeBron being hurt, like, it's all it's yours to lose, essentially. One thousand percent. I think he has the most <clears throat> pressure to win. It might be Joel Embiid, but Joel Embiid didn't win the last two MVPs, and now that you have a fully healthy squad, and you know, one back to back year, I think he has the most pressure. It's the first time I've heard in the media the past three years that he has this sort of pressure. More like, oh, he he brought back this team. They're lucky to be in the playoffs. It's because of his play that they're a six seed. Or you know, two seasons ago, oh, it's kind of more of the same thing. He lost Jamal Murray and he carried the team, but now he is fully healthy. The pressure's all on your the superstar player, Nikola Jokic. Gons, um, um, anything you want to talk about before we leave today? No, man. Um, I just, what game are you looking forward to today? I uh, so like I said, I have Elisa's family here, and they are there. They all work at Iowa State, so we're gonna be watching that game. Um, I, that's the one bet I made for today. Uh, I did like the UT game. We we're down fifty. They came up super slow. I don't know what the score is now. Um, I know they were catching up. Let's see. And props to UCLA for handling business yesterday. But yeah, tell me about the games you're interested in in terms of the tournament. Well, uh, that Arizona game, 
uh, what, what was crazy. Um, and how Virginia blew that game against Furman was just that guy just threw it up for grabs. That was nuts. Um, yeah, as far as what I'm looking forward to, it's I, I, I like to wait till uh, Sweet 16. I like to embrace all of the craziness of that first week and then kind of look towards the second week of the tournament. You know, it's those weeks that we were usually in Las Vegas kind of betting on. Oh, yeah, man. Miss, but, you know, you, you kind of have to grow older. Yeah. But as far as who did you pick to win at all this in, in your bracket this year? I picked UCLA. Wow. Okay. Why? I mean, I don't know as much about college basketball. So I basically, they're the home team and they had the highest seating. Um, so I went with them, to be, to be frank. Nice. No, a lot of people were picking Alabama, but they had the issue with you know Brandon Miller and that. Yeah, that's situation. gonna weigh heavy, dude. Um, like when you're playing in front of all these people, I, I don't know. I don't think he needs to be. I don't think he should be playing until like. I get it. He's innocent until guilty. Like, I don't know. I mean, that's a situation, right? He's being investigated for that. Yep, pretty much. It's. I, I think there's karma involved in that. That's why I pick Houston. Um, to win it, they're overall, they're not the overall number one seed, but they're pretty up there. And that will be it for us today. Thank you, Gons, for joining me. I bef- I forgot to get this little dig into the pod. Well, not even dig. It's more of just, let's feel old a little bit. The top 10 songs on the Billboard charts ending 2006, the last time the Sacramento Kings made the playoffs. Number 10 was Check On It by Beyonce featuring Slim Thug. Sexy Back by Justin Timberlake featuring Timbaland. Ride In by Chameleonaire featuring Crazy Bone. Crazy by Gnarls Barkley. Unwritten by Natasha Bedingfield. Hips Don't Lie. Shakira featuring Wyclef Sean. You're Beautiful by James Blunt. Uh, Permiscuous. Uh, by Nelly Furtado featuring Timberland. You know, he she shouted out Steve Nash winning an MVP. Uh, Temperature by Sean Paul and Bad Day by Daniel Powder. Oh boy, since 2006, that was 17 years ago, people. Some of you weren't even born if you're listening to this after if you're born past 20, 2006, like my son. Uh, as you're listening to this, it will be. Uh, St. Patrick's Day, March 17th, uh, which was my mother's birthday. Uh, She passed last year. So thinking about you, Mom, I love you. Miss you every day. Family misses you. Um, But yeah, um, we'll be back next week. More commentary about the league as we kind of get towards the end of the the season and also the Sweet 16 for March Madness. Should be fun, uh, fun time. So thank you, everyone. Thank you for the support. Thank you for listening. We'll see you. Have a great weekend.